Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Joan Pettit. And I'm Guthrie Straw. We're broadcasting from Portland, Oregon, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. And I'm Armando Lunda. <laughs> this is the show where we bring you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Uh, we cover bicycling, trains, and transit, infrastructure, adventures, and today, bike commuting. How's it going, guys? Armando, I'm sorry I misspelled your last name. But it's <laughs> it's super funny that. because uh, somebody did that in college once, and the <laughs> worker was like, Armando Lunda! And he just would say that all the time. Lunda! <laughs> I, I had to say it that way when I saw it. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that I, I started us out on the last time. <laughs> spelling your name. <laughs> How's it going? It it got sunny here, just at the worst time. <laughs> when we're here, we are inside. <laughs> when we're when we're off work. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Can't win them all. Can't win them all. Uh, well, so today we are going to talk about bike commuting and specifically we're going to talk about um, bike commuting for folks who are new to bike commuting. We know lots of folks bought bikes during the pandemic. Many cities closed streets and opened up new bike lanes and facilities to accommodate folks on bikes. Many people were reluctant to take public transit during the pandemic and started bike commuting. And now some office folks who have been working remotely are returning to their offices. So will this mean an increase in bike commuters? We hope so. And so we wanna create a resource for folks. We, um, we got a lot of good tips from our followers on Instagram and we did a very unscientific poll. We asked our followers on Instagram, will there be more bike commuters and showing that we are an optimistic bunch? 74% of people who responded said yes. So welcome to the new bike commuters. Um, I think when you've been bike commuting for a while, it can be hard to remember some of the early challenges. And um, so we're gonna talk about a few different areas, clothing, the route and the ride itself, getting to work, practical tips and mental gear and mental stuff. And then some, some brief notes on gear. Uh, but first, before we do that, um, for all of us, can you just talk briefly about your own experiences bike commuting? Yeah. Um, as far as bike commuting goes, I've been a ride or a bike rider since about uh, four or five years old. Uh, but I didn't really get into bike commuting until high school when I would go down or bike to work on my dad's old uh, trek something, uh, which was way too large for me, but it got me down a hill. Uh, later, when I was in college, um, also didn't have a vehicle. So uh, the bicycle became sort of my vehicle or mode of transit. And then keeping pretty close to Portland, or at least places where it wasn't exceedingly inconvenient to ride my bicycle to work, um, did some bike commuting up in Alaska and here around the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so I generally haven't owned or car or had consistent access to vehicles. And so the bicycle is my main mode of transit. Um, anything from like a five-speed Schwinn uh, to 
a you know very long i don't know how many speeds it has but a certainly long haul trucker uh and you know a few things in between like a 36 inch unicycle and otherwise how about you armando i guess i started commuting on bicycle in high school um, my high school was only about two two and a half miles from my house and people would take you know all the students would take the city bus and it would take 30 minutes on the city bus to go two and a half miles and I could not take that. And so I started riding my bike and it would take me, I don't know, like 15 minutes. So that was great. So uh, I started doing that. And then every, every job I've had since then, since high school, um, if I could, I used my bike to commute to work. And then when I moved to Portland, I knew I was going to be a bike commuter so I tried my best to live in places that would make it would make it easier for me to commute. So that was something that was that was planned out ahead of time. It wasn't, oh, I, I'm deciding to become a bike rider and I live here. It was, I'm a bike commuter and I'm going to live here because of it. I started uh, bike commuting. I don't think I called it bike commuting. I think I just called it riding my bike to class when I was in college in Chapel Hill as an undergrad. And I actually remember... Uh, buying my, saving up some money and going and buying my specialized hard rock at Franklin Street Cycles, which I don't think exists anymore, exists as a, as under another name. Um, and it was like $295 for this uh, great entry-level mountain bike. Um, and I was definitely a fair weather commuter, which is actually pretty easy in Chapel Hill. There's a lot of fair weather there. Um, and so I would bike to class and then I bike to work. Uh, and then uh, I worked in outdoor recreation for a few years, uh, but ironically, it was so mountainous there um, that it wouldn't have been safe. It wasn't safe. It was a much further commute for me. But then when I went back to grad school in Chapel Hill, I started uh, biking again to campus. And then when I moved to Portland, I think after about a couple of years, um, I started bike commuting here. And I think I started during the summer. Uh, my first year, I lived so close to the max, the light rail, that it was just so easy that I didn't, which went right to work, that I that it didn't even occur to me to bike commute. But then um, I moved to a different place. And uh, I don't know, I started during the summer and I sort of thought, well, I'll see if I can make it into the fall. And then I just kept going. It helped a lot to have coworkers who were bike commuting. They were such great resources. Um, and so I think I have been riding my bike to work now for maybe eight or nine years. Well, not this past year, <laughs> but generally speaking, I've been bike commuting for, I don't know, eight or nine years. I'm not, I'm not sure how long. So first we want to talk about clothing. Uh, I think that this is something that can be a little overwhelming when you start. I know that as somebody who had come from when I was in Portland and started thinking about bike commuting, um, even though I had ridden my bike as a student, I think it felt different to ride my bike as a professional person because uh, I dressed up a little more at work. And I think I had this idea that I needed some specialized clothing for bike commuting. And, um, and I thought that that clothing would be like 
sort of what I wore when I went on long recreational road rides, which is not where I ended up at all, but that's definitely where I started. Um, and now for the past few years, I have basically my bike clothes and my commute, my bike clothes and my work clothes are pretty much the same. Sometimes I will change, especially if I have a dress up day, a day where I need to be a little more dressed up. But over the years, I've been buying more clothes that work for bike commuting. And I've also started doing things like riding my bike in a skirt or a dress or things like that, that I would probably not have done when I first started. So my kind of general tips are that it's okay to wear clothes, your everyday clothes, but you may have to kind of figure that out. You know, um, what do you all think? Any, any sort of clothing tips? I, I think we, we heard a lot from folks that, you know, you don't necessarily need to spend a ton of money to get started. Yeah. Clothing tips. I think, yeah, definitely like wear what is comfortable, wear what you have. Um, you don't need to start out by commuting by being like, okay, tomorrow I will bike commute. And then like, for example, it rains and you, you, you go without rain wear or something, you know, like you can pick your days kind of ease into it. Um, unless you're wanting to do like full Turkey or something, uh, there's some pick and choose as the battles go. So with that, uh, just riding clothes that you're comfortable with. And then I think with the clothing, a lot of it comes down to sort of your workplace environment. And that's something that, you know, to Armando's point of living somewhere where there is commuting options available, um, there can be different cultures around that depending on workplace and also just, you know, what town or what city you're in. Um, so I think just ex informing expectations, if you let people know, like, hey, I'm going to like think about bike commuting on Thursday. And then maybe if you don't show up looking like as xyz as you know you would any other day that you're taking a different route um you've kind of informed people's expectations and um my hope would be that they won't rib you anyway but if like that's a concern um letting letting folks know beforehand uh i, I think can give you a little bit of leeway but uh as joan was saying for a lot of the folks that weighed in it's you know start with what you have uh choose your day choose it choose it you know for weather that suits you for what you have uh, and then take it from there. Yeah, I tried to, um, I'm sort of in the same boat with Joan. Um, when I first started commuting here in Portland at my job, um, I would wear slacks and a you know, shirt and stuff and not be too different than what my uh, work attire was. But then I noticed that I was wearing out my slacks, you know, on the seat of the bike. And all of a sudden I had big shiny seat, but <laughs> on this nice pair of slacks, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to ruin another pair of slacks. And that's when I started to uh, uh, have a duplicate set of clothing at work um, or, you know, wear something to commute in and change once I got to work. Yeah, I, and, and uh, there are definitely folks who dress up and wear, um, you know, suits or whatever. Uh, Portland tends to be a little more casual than some other cities. Um, but if you're someplace where you need to dress up a little bit more, um, you can definitely carry your clothes with you on your bike and change when you get there, or you can choose to, it, it just sort of depends. I think, um, I think, yeah, I do a combination now where sometimes I, uh, I mix things up. Um, but the dream is always to find a pair of work appropriate pants that are also good to wear on my bike. And th that is an elusive, 
elusive item, but um, yeah, you might wear out some of your, some of your bike clothes a little more, a little more quickly. Um, yeah. And I think, I mean, even if you have, especially if you have, um, you know, if, so we got some really good tips from people and um, clever on our Instagram comments, uh, clever cycles commented black jeans all winter long in case of rain showers, lightweight rain boots for wet days, wool button up shirts are great, but cotton won't actually kill you. If you're sweating too much, just slow down or find a flatter route. I think that's a big one too. When I first started, I couldn't imagine not changing when I got to work. Um, but you can just go really slow and it's, it's okay. Um, people had some different, different perspectives on this, uh, fixed underscore 11 said, arrive clean, pay for the best rain gear you can afford immediately. Uh, go dig a hole said it took me a long time to dial in my rain gear and it still constantly evolves. Uh, Peter Broberg said it's been raining in Portland. So we've got a lot of people thinking about rain. Peter Broberg said, I've learned that I don't mind getting a little wet, especially my legs. Um, Dingus apparatus said, get the best water gear, get, get good fenders and always bring extra clothes. Um, anomaly rain gear is better than, or rain capes is, are better than rain pants. And black RT says, if it rains a lot where you are, invest in good rain gear for those days. But the one thing I will say is, yeah, like what Guthrie said is that you don't have to start biking to work on the rainy days. Like you can start on the nicer days. Uh, one thing I do, I have a pair of pretty decent rain pants, but then I also have an inexpensive pair of like hiking waterproof pants that I just keep with me or I keep a pair at work so that if it rains and I don't have my good rain pants with me, I have something that I can uh, put on real quick for my ride home. So I don't always have to carry all my rain gear every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also been experimenting with just sort of quick dry clothing in general. Um, I found there's some like sun shirts that are pretty good full coverage for summer riding. But when you do crossover um, like this, I, I to qualify this statement, this might just be a Guthrie thing. Uh, but I like to be reminded of what the weather is like uh, by how it feels. And I definitely like I have the rain gear. I've got the pants. I got the jacket. Um, but I've been kind of enjoying feeling the elements more recently, especially in the commute context. Like now that I am kind of like going cross back into the office, I've found that even if I'm completely soaked and we've had some good showers this week, um, I'll be dry just by my body heat within like 30, 45 minutes or so. Um, so I can arrive pretty sopping wet. But if I have, if you have like some quick dry, very lightweight clothing, um, you're, as long as you don't mind being a little bit damp for the first half hour or so, uh, might sound horrible to some folks, but I've found it's actually pretty nice in that um, it helps push my comfort envelope for when I'm outside so that when I'm out and I'm further away and I'm a little bit miserable, I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is like only just a little bit worse than it was when I was riding in town. So you can, you can give yourself some additional, um, I guess, like annoyance mitigation in terms of what the weather's doing to you uh because you like train your body to be a bit more uh used to those types of uh, discomforts if you will so i might eschew yeah. rain gear entirely we'll see <laughs> when we, yeah we were talking about i guess uh i'm going to qualify what i was saying um based on something i said earlier um i i chose i knew i was going to commute so i chose to live in places that made it easier to commute and that's it's still the same so like my, my bicycle commute is 
five, six miles. So it's not very long at all. Um, and I don't, I'm no longer going uphill. I don't have to go uphill to get to my job because we have a tram. Um, so that really helps a lot knowing, okay, I'm, I'm going to be at this point or I'm going to, it's going to take me this long. And it's almost always takes me the same amount of time, even if I go fast or even if I go, you know, take, take it easy on the speed. Um, but I mean, I've gotten to work just totally drenched and, and immediately had to start working and didn't have time to change. And guess what? Nobody really noticed. (laughs) And then I'd ride off. I think um, on the rainiest days here, when it's just totally pouring, I actually will end up just wearing like a, basically like rain shoes. Like I don't even wear bike specific or like my hiking. I just mm-hmm. wear my like oh, yeah. rain boots, basically. <laughs> like, I mean, my, my ride is about three and a half, four miles. So it's not so long that I'm I'm going to be incredibly uncomfortable. So I'll wear just like my big, like the kind of boots I wear when it's like rainy and muddy and I'm walking the dog. I will wear those under rain pants and I'll wear on the rainiest days and I'll just wear like a pair of lightweight long underwear. Um, And then, but for a raincoat, like I used to get bike specific gear and I do have some bike specific gear, but I'll just also wear my regular raincoat. Like I don't know, like I have like a, just sort of outdoorsy company raincoat that fits fine over my helmet. A lot of times the cycling raincoats don't have hoods. And I think it's nice to have a hood because I like to get to work and not have like in the coat that I wore on my bike is also the coat that I can wear around during the day if I have to go out, you know, but then I've also done things like kept a nice coat at work so that I didn't have to always wear a nice coat on my bike. So it, it, these things change, I think, over time. Um, but probably you can get started in whatever you're wearing now and slowly, slowly build it up, I think. Yeah. And I feel like the comment from, I, they're all great comments. Uh, I feel like the comment from Clever Cycles is really the, the golden needle in the haystack, which is, you know, think about rainwear or what you're wearing. Like that's just one of many factors. So when you're out there, if you're not used to riding your bike on a daily basis, or you're not used to um, sort of thinking of cycling in that context, it might seem like gears the, is the variable to solve for. But I think it's important to remind oneself that there's multiple variables. variables. Um, and we're going to get into that a little bit more in our next section about bike commuting. Um, but simply the choice of route, simply the choice of when you leave Um, you know, let's say you're in a very hot, humid environment, if you give yourself a bit more time so that you don't need to be sort of rushing into work and getting your pace up and then sweating through everything. Um, there's five or six different factors that you can kind of tweak and modify and sort of see what works with you. Or, you know, maybe you get a ride halfway some, sometimes, or, or, or take transit as a partial option in between, you know, um, there's no one right way to do this. So I would just encourage our listeners, especially for those getting into it, um, you know, take your best shot at it, spend like one hour, be like, okay, I've thought of everything and then go do it. And then um, just set a calendar reminder to kind of check in with yourself and reevaluate like, oh yeah, has anything changed? Did did this work for me? Did this not work for me? Uh, Is there anything that I could modify to um, accommodate or adjust for my individual situation? Because really the advice that we're giving, um, well, good in a general sense, like 
I think will be best uh, given when you take it and apply it to what your conditions are. So just having that sensibility of, um, you know, hey, does this make sense? Uh, if you uh, live in a desert, probably don't need rain gear unless you're biking, you know, those few times a year. So uh, just keep that in mind. I, I, it does seem probably um, like pretty, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. That might that might be super like self-explanatory, but I just want to encourage and like empower people. Like you're you're smarter than you think you are, uh, especially when it comes to knowing what you like. Like we're pretty good at knowing what we like, so just stay in tune with that as you go through this process. Well, and also um, you warm up a lot on your bike, so I know for me with my clothing, um, if if I feel uh, if I'm a little bit cold as I'm getting on my bike. I will probably be okay or only a little bit warm when I get to work. If I walk out the door on my bike and I am comfortable in the gear that I am wearing to just be standing outside, I am going to be like trying to shed layers and unzip things, you know, within a mile or two. My, I, I kind of go downhill at first, but then once I hit that first incline, um, so all this is to say, it's kind of easy to overdress. I think, um, unless you're starting out just in the coldest of places, then maybe get in touch with Doug Cohen Miller for his, his, his snow, uh, cycling advice. But, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's easy to sort of overdo it and overdress, but let's transition into talking about the route and the ride itself. How do you know the way to go? Uh, and we had a 503 made a very smart comment, which is that you don't have to ride the same streets that you drive. So if you are new to bike commuting, even if you've been biking around your neighborhood, how do you know which way to go? Yeah, I feel like I want to take a poll of the people on the Zoom call. Um, if with your 10 fingers, put up in front of the screen, you know, one is 10%. And 10 is 100%. How much confidence do you have in Google Maps or a mapping application over the course of your experience? Yeah. Uh, three, two, one, fingers. All right. So we have. I between... would have had, yeah, <laughs> I would have had a different answer two years ago, but mine is a five. Yeah, mine's a four. Armando's rocking a seven. <laughs> or was that an eight? Did I see an eight there? Yeah, I, I put eight for uh, the last time I did Google. I mean, I pretty mine's yeah, my route is would is pretty much available to Google Maps. Let's put it that way. Well, Fair and enough. first of all, as, as Donovan Campen pointed out, um, there is a biking layer in Google Maps, so it's very important to turn that on. If you don't have that already, make sure that you're looking at that specific option. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Guthrie? You have you have. No limited confidence in yeah. Google Maps. I don't think I've made it much of a secret over, you know, our longtime listeners will know when I've talked about bike touring, uh, Google has tried to kill me several times. Um, and so, you know, it's just like that famous episode of The Office where they drive into the lake. Uh, <laughs> these are, it's technology, right? Like, don't trust it more than you can, like, have a personal knowledge of how to program it. Um, so I don't trust it very much, but 
the it can be very useful it can give some comfort um i think combining tools especially if you're a little bit more like research focused um can really give you the best results so for example if you know what google maps says uh, but then maybe you cross check that with strava or ride with gps and it's like oh that's weird google says to go this way but there's this little two block section nobody goes that way on strava and then you get to it and you find that it's because um there's like a bridge that fell through that you can't actually go through or something like that. Um, I'd say a perfect example of this would be my partner and I were riding in Portland on Saturday and we overshot a turn and I pulled out Google Maps because I was like, well, I was wrong once. I don't want to be wrong twice. Uh, and I had a scurrying up this like huge embankment uh through some like uh thickets that was that was marked as like quote unquote the bike path um so you you just had a lot of instances like that um so guidelines are nice but um no need to get pedantic about it and uh one of the really neat things about it is i, I like to think of when you're establishing a new route like you're probably not going to get it right the first time. Uh, what I like to work towards first, if I'm if I'm getting acquainted with something, is consistency. Like, what is the point that I can do this without having to devote a large amount of mental energy towards getting from A to B? And then once I'm at that point, um, then you can start experimenting and finding those little nooks and crannies in your route that really give you that extra efficiency, or maybe it gives you that really sweet view over the hill that you, maybe you climb a little bit more for it, but you're rewarded for that experience. Um, something about spice of life or flavor or insert random anecdotes, but keep it interesting because uh, you know if you're going to be doing this five days a week or such uh, it's nice to keep engaged and to not just feel like you're um, you know checking out on the way from home to work or something like that uh, I think it's nice to switch up your route because you find new stuff and you you have new experiences um, in that in that respect yeah, I think uh, the route that I take has has varied uh, quite a bit over the few years. I and I still will use Google Maps, um, the bike suggestion, the bike route suggestion when I'm going new places or I'm trying to connect parts of town that I don't usually go from one to the other. And lately, it has been sending me some ways I know that I do not want a bike. And I have this whole theory that during the pandemic, folks who are biking a lot started biking on busy roads. And so now Google has all this data that isn't really a good reflection. And because they don't seem to be trying to match things up with like established bike lanes and established bike ways. I think the other thing to know um, about, well, so we got some, I, I think uh, my sister Port made a suggestion, um, make it a fun non-workday adventure to find a good route. Yes. And then dang it, Holly said, take the time to find a route that feels good, safe and relaxing, even if it's not the most direct. And I think that those are really good. Um, yeah. And Donovan Campen said, give your route a practice role. I think maybe on a, if you are like a Monday through Friday rush hour commuter, uh, trying it out on a Saturday might be a good time when it's a little lower stress. Um, because it may be that there are bike lanes that you haven't noticed before, or it may be that going over one or two blocks from your regular 
uh, driving or transit route is a way to get into some quieter, lower traffic streets. Uh, you know, some people would much rather go on a bike lane. Some people would rather go in a quiet neighborhood street. Um, there are times that I like biking along the waterfront in Portland, which tend where you have to go a lot slower because there are a lot of people on foot. But then there are times when if I'm just trying to get somewhere, I don't like to go that way. So there might be different routes you take based on, I mean, when it's really hot, there are ways that I go that have more shade cover, you know, so I vary my route by all sorts of things. But I think the best way that I, I figured out how to get going, I think with this was just talking to other people at work who also were bike commuting. Uh, because at first it just seemed so intimidating and overwhelming because I was pretty new to Portland too. So I didn't know the city that well. Um, so figuring out which way is a good way to, to a good route to take. Because a lot of times folks who bike know what some of the infrastructure is that's been made for folks to bike. Um, yeah, and don't assume that the way that you drive is is the best or fastest way. And I also think, yeah, taking a longer route can be can be a good way to go. Um, many cities have bike maps, right, that the city produces. So it might be worth going to your city or town's website and looking and seeing if they have any bike routes that they suggest you take, because those may be lower stress, better infrastructure trips, too. Mm -hmm. I think also... Um when we're talking factors, uh, I, there's such a, there, there's so many, like you're subject to, I, there's, you're subject to the environment and you don't have free energy, you know, well, it's never free, but you don't have like something you can press with your foot and then you get energy uh, other than that, which you put out. Commuting to work offers a really unique opportunity to get a feel for the landscape, like really actually feel the way the land goes up and down and in and out. Um, and so I would encourage folks, you know, even if you're riding, maybe if, if this isn't part of your like day-to-day -day consideration, even, um, think about, you know, where the land goes. Like if you're if here in Portland, we have a river that's a center feature of the town, the land kind of slopes down to the river, but then there's these smaller hills and little dips in between. Um, and you can ride the same mile, but you can have a mile that has like 200 feet of elevation or you can ride a mile that has maybe 30 feet of elevation within like eight blocks of each other um so just really thinking about the contours thinking about how you want to work with the terrain how you want to make the terrain work with you um and then as joan was saying i love that shade comment like if it's a hot day oh maybe i'll pick a route that has more tree coverage so that when i'm stopped i'm not just baking um and granted you know topography and shade coverage that's all going to be very unique um but those are the things that mapping applications really don't cover. Like they, they, it, they, they just don't. I, I haven't seen it at least. If I'm, if there's some good examples, I would encourage our listeners to send us. Um, but I, I would empower our users or our listeners to um, feel like in control of that experience and to really lean into how unique and how neat uh, this form of transit can be because it's really rewarding when you get in touch with it. Um, it can be kind of like a, a state of mind sort of deal. And that that's when the real joy of this activity comes to play is, is what I've found. Yeah, there's uh, talking about the contours is, is a good point because I think about here in Portland commuting, if you're commuting from downtown east, um, depending on where you're going, uh, there's, I can think of three major pathways. Um, 
like Harrison and uh, Salmon and um, Ankeny. Ankeny is probably the gentlest of all those. Very gentle up going uphill. Uh, and then you get to a certain point around the, the 28th around there and then it starts maybe a little bit more but man Harrison coming up Harrison I do not like to go that way <laughs> that hill just seems like it takes forever to go up <laughs> so I'll, I'll try to uh, plan my route if I know I'm, if I know I'm going a specific way I might try to find the the lower grade hill going up mm-hmm. what chill factor does the ride have Yeah, and I will say uh, one of the best ways that I have learned routes around Portland is actually by going on some some of the many low-key casual social rides we have around town. Uh, Not, I don't mean like, um, you know, recreational fast road bike rides, but just some of the, and and if your city has any of these sort of in-town social rides that can just be such a good way to see new places in the city where you're just following you don't even have to like pick the route but you might learn new connections and ways of of connecting through the city that you wouldn't even have thought of because those are usually folks who are experienced driving or excuse me uh riding all around town Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah use use the resources that are available to you so um what about when you get to work what about when you get to work? Um, there's, I'm thinking about things like bike storage. I'm thinking about things like showering or cleaning up. Um, Anomaly com- commented, you can store stuff at work often instead of always bringing it back and forth. I think uh, I had pretty much a pair of everything at work by the time, you know, I mean, I packed it all up for the pandemic, but I had shoes, I had a pair of underwear, I had a pair of socks, I had a, you know, I had all this stuff just in case I forgot something or kept actually a few pairs of shoes at work. So I wasn't always carrying them. Um, But what about, what about how you store your bike, showering, cleaning up, any thoughts on that or anything else at work? Oh man, I, I, my number one thing is a safe place to put my bike, to keep my bike, to lock my bike. I mean, if I didn't have a job, so where I work encourages people to ride, you, to ride your bike. So they take care of you. They have places that you can lock your bike, store your bike, all different kinds of places. Um, but if I had a job where the, you know, my employer really didn't care or take that into account and I had to lock my bike to a rack or something like out somewhere, I don't know if I would do that. I don't know if I would take that job. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be at work all day worrying about my bike if it was getting stolen or not, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. And, you know, if somebody is in that situation, um, it's almost in a way kind of nice in a sense, because it's almost there's an encouragement to like not spend a lot of money on a bike. Uh, like you want, you don't want to get a good bike. You actually just want to get like a very adequate bike um, and, and spend a little bit more on protection. Um, and then, also with that, you know, for, for bikes around town or such, um, there are various forms of loss uh, recovery that are available via credit cards. So depending on how you purchase your bike, um, you can have a little bit of like tiny, I call it like the sleep at night factor uh, with that. And then um, renter's insurance or homeowner's insurance, you can sometimes put a rider on for a bicycle, even if it's, you know, not a very expensive bicycle. Um, 
but you can you can see kind of what the terms of those are and so that just gives you the the, the peace of mind if you don't have secure bike parking um, but realistically like the less secure the parking is the more secure your job of locking it up needs to be so um, for folks i've seen that work uh, or when i've been working places that there is not very good secure uh, this like I've just left my lock like on the rack uh, so I don't bike back and forth with the heavy lock I just have a really heavy lock uh, and then like a bit of contact info or something or be like hey don't cut this lock off like I work here um, and then <laughs> and I, I, I'm not advocating for I guess leaving personal things on public property uh, but gosh it's convenient not to carry that heavy chain home uh, you know so there, there's ways to work it um, you know because I've never I'd never say to do something like that but you could totally do something like that if you chose to or wanted to. Well, and you know, your, your employer may have some sort of secure bike parking, or they may have bike parking in a place where, uh, like it's a public enough place that there are a lot of eyes on it during the day. Um, so yeah, you can, and, and I also got a not very expensive bike so that, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't look uh, super tempting to steal. I mean, I think bike theft is often a crime of opportunity. So a, a well locked up, I think folks who are going to steal a bike are going to steal the one that's unlocked or not locked well. Um, but they're also going to look for the more expensive bikes. So Armando has talked about having a bar bike and essentially my bar bike is my commuter bike, which is, you know, easy enough for me because I'm only going a few miles to work. Um, I do lock my bike or not lock it. I bring my bike inside work most of the time. Once in a while, I lock it outside and that's been okay for me where I am. I just tend to do it in a public place where there are lots of people walking around and where maybe somebody with, I don't know, tools <laughs> trying to steal a bike would be more obvious. But this is something you can find out about. Um, before you start bike commuting, what the options are. And I think even in places that don't have formal bike storage, a lot of places will let you bring your bike inside. Um, so then the other thing I wanted to talk about was showering versus cleaning up or, or, or getting cleaned up when you get to work. And I think uh, this was, I used to um, always shower when I got to work. I would not put on, I would not shower at home. I would ride my bike in and then I would shower and basically get dressed and go to work. So it took me a long time there. Um, and uh, then I shifted away from that and I shifted to showering the night before, showering that morning and then getting to work and maybe cleaning up a little. Um, I know I've talked to friends about this. Some people use like, they'll bring like a damp washcloth from home and go into the bathroom and use it maybe to clean. I don't know if your armpits or your genitals or whatever feels uh, sweaty or you feel uncomfortable, then you can do that and maybe put on some clean deodorant. Um, you can use a wipe, although I'd be careful with the disposable stuff. You can also just, you know, go in the bathroom and splash some water on your face. If you're feeling, I do that sometimes if it's really warm, if I'm feeling overheated, I'll just get some water on my face. Um, but yeah, if I have something where I need to be sort of dressier, sometimes I, I'm lucky to be able to use a shower at work. I have to pay for it, um, but I can do that. But there are lots of tips you can read online for basically like, you know, how to sort of clean up in the bathroom at work if you want to clean up and change there too, if you don't have a private office space. Um, 
One thing that I think is an issue uh, more for some people than for others is sort of your hair, depending on how you style your hair and what kind of helmet you wear, you might have to sort of figure out how to make that work. I don't know. You could practice that on the weekend, maybe like pretend you're going to work and do whatever you're going to do with your helmet and then see what it looks when it takes it off. You know, this is, I think, I mean, it's, this isn't completely a gendered issue, uh, but I think this tends to be something maybe that I hear more as a concern from women than men, um, maybe are, tend to be more self-conscious about being a little sweaty at work. So, you know, you can, you can um, talk to your coworkers about this, but especially if you have people who, you know, are sort of, if they bike commute and they always look super sharp and they're always dressed up, they have probably figured something, something out, some way of, you know, uh, feeling good about showing up, maybe a little sweaty um, or, or whatever. Do you, do you all have any thoughts on sort of cleaning up when you get to work? I've put on makeup in the bathroom at work. I've used the bathroom in all sorts of ways <laughs> to clean myself up on days I haven't showered, I guess. <laughs> and it's not a, we don't have private stalls at work. So, I mean, I'm using like a, you know, sink where other people might be too. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on that cleaning up or? I think I've just been pretty lucky and that I've, I've been in the bike industry a lot. So <laughs> I just kind of show up and am what I am. Um, it's not always a pretty sight, but it it's usually accepted. <laughs> I think the big one, uh, you know, if it's like super rainy is I, I try to do my big like few jumping jacks outside before I go into the office because uh, then I'm not tracking in like a huge amount of wetness. Um, just cause like, honestly, it was like a slip hazard, um, where I worked previously. So, um, that, that was like the getting ready for work is just like shaking all the water off. Um, that, yeah, that is a really good tip. I will say the converse of that too, is that I also know if, if I am really warm or overheated, sometimes I will get off my bike, like a quarter mile or a half a mile before the, before I have to walk in the work building so that I can start to cool. Like if I've, if it's a cold day and I've overdressed and then I will start to cool off before I go into work because otherwise as soon as I walk in to work, uh, if it's, you know, when I walk into a heated building, if I'm a little overheated, my face will get bright red and I get really mm -hmm. uncomfortable. So sometimes I just get off my bike to cool down and walk it over mm -hmm. just a little bit. The cleaning, the cleaning up tip I thought was a good one, um, and I used to do this uh, when I needed to, was you have a, a washcloth um, and you, you put like alcohol in it, rubbing alcohol, and put it in a little, uh, you know, Ziploc. And then when you get to work, you use that to clean up with. And that cooling effect of the alcohol also helps you to cool down. Oh, I had not heard of that one. That I, think is it, one. I think it kills bacteria too, like under your arms. Well, let's shift into, um, we kind of wanted to, before we get to talking about gear, we kind of wanted to talk about like other stuff, sort of like the mental part of this or just other tips. Um, I, I know some folks are anxious about uh, driving around cars. I know some people are really scared about riding their bikes over bridges. If you're not used to do that, that can be a little intimidating. Um, so I, Skinny Rook uh, commented, the hardest hurdle is just doing it the first time. 
And I really agree with that. I think it, mm-hmm. you can feel like there's a lot of buildup. Um, a, a couple little tips that people gave us, um, you know, go dig a hole said, be patient with yourself. Learning is a process. Talk to other riders for advice. Wheelie nervous said, don't let the bastards get you down. Um, uh, Dang it, Holly said, don't assume that anyone else on the road knows better than you. That person yelling from their car likely doesn't know bike laws and your condescending cyclist coworker likely needs to mind their own business. Not that you will be yelled at or necessarily have a condescending coworker, but I thought that was reassuring, right? Just sometimes people don't know better just because they've been doing it longer. Um, my sister Port made a, a good tip that I that I do. You know, it doesn't hurt to carry TriMet fare, your bus fare, basically, in case of a flat rain or other non-scheduled bummer. Like you don't have to, even if you're somebody who would usually change a flat tire, you don't have to do that if you're bike commuting. You can, you know, if you get a flat and you are near a bus, you can hop on the bus, lock up your bike there, lock up your bike there, and then, you know, maybe get to work some other way if you need to. Um, uh, there can be all sorts of, of different approaches. There's not like a right or wrong way to bike commute. Uh, mm-hmm. Brock helpfully commented that steel rims don't stop well in the rain. That can be a painful lesson for folks riding old bikes with steel rims. Yep. Usually the brakes on steel rims are not super great either. It's a compounding factor. One of the things that was really helpful for me when I started bike commuting, uh, because I was, this is when I was bringing all my clothes to work. Um, I used a checklist in order to leave the house in the morning. I had a checklist of all the stuff that I needed to bring with me on my bike. And I included everything in that, like my wallet, my phone, pants, socks, underwear, shoes, shirt, everything, jewelry, like everything that I needed. Um, I think I put bike lights. I don't even remember because I don't use it anymore. But I was so worried about forgetting things when I first started bike commuting. And since I wasn't in the habit of it, I was much more likely to forget things. So I actually just wrote or like I actually typed up and printed out a checklist for myself of stuff that I wouldn't forget. And that just sort of like reduced my leaving the house anxiety in the morning. So what about uh, riding in traffic or other anxieties? Do you all have any tips or advice on that kind of stuff? For riding in traffic, it kind of sucks, but sometimes like it, I think personally, and this is just like a, again, Guthrie recommendation, this is not science, but I feel like taking the sidewalk is totally acceptable in places. Uh, you really have to have a pivot on your head and really be watching that nobody's going to be turning into you. Um, statistically speaking, from what I understand, rates of incidents at intersections, people crossing from sidewalk to crosswalk to sidewalk or sidewalk to crosswalk to road, um, that is where a large portion of accidents do occur. So you really have to be on your game about what is happening in traffic, but it can give you that sense of safety uh, while you're up on the the crosswalk uh, or sidewalk, I should say. Um, And of course, be courteous to other users uh, would be my recommendation because usually that just makes life easier on you, especially if you need to take that sidewalk the next day and you see that same person that um, is like a little bit unsure of presence. Um, 
there will probably be people shouting from the rafters like you know the scofflawism but um that's when where was it we're really nervous said you know don't let the bastards get you down like the point is to get there and feel safe or in your envelope um i think just taking more mellow roads you know like if there's if there's traffic really the the biggest thing to do would be to consider like okay what would be the next best alternative and how much time would i need to add into my calculations in order to make that a reality um i tend to be a pretty confident cyclist and so i've ridden on interstates for days and days and days uh where it was legal to do so um it's not fun so from the interstate like all the way to your backyard really just evaluating the sort of street portfolio like we all know what the quote-unquote like difficult streets or the scary or the gnarly or the like kind of scary streets in our towns are so if you can avoid those by all means <laughs> please do and if you can't um ride the sidewalk and check your check your shoulder as much as you can um that's i feel like that's totally acceptable yeah i think it takes and, and a ask certain... for and 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 uh you know push for better bike infrastructure uh, as you can <laughs> it, it takes a certain mental fortitude to ride and to ride in and on busy streets and even if those busy streets have a bike lane but i'm totally with you guthrie i mean there's some days you know i don't have that fortitude i'm going to ride on the sidewalk i don't want to deal with these cars i don't want to deal with the traffic i don't want to deal with getting buzzed i don't want to deal with whatever you know i'm going to get on the sidewalk and I, i've done that many a times you know um emily shared emily guys shared one hazard too that uh i think it's worth mentioning she said that one thing she wished she had known as a new bike commuter was how to ride safely over the streetcar tracks i think sometimes there are hazards with railroad tracks or streetcar tracks you want to try to uh ride over them perpendicular um but it's also okay to like get off your bike and just start walking. If you're not comfortable, um, you can go up on the sidewalk, you can walk. Like if you're just feeling too stressed, you know, this is maybe why it's a good, good thing to try it out, um, on the weekend. But I do think that you, you get comfortable with, with this sort of thing, um, as time goes. So yeah, be, be, go easy on yourself. Um, know that you're, you're not going to be able to be super comfortable and know exactly what you're doing right at first. And, um, and that's okay. Cause I want to go back to uh, skinny rooks comments. The hardest hurdle is doing it the first time. You know what? Mm -hmm. Sometimes the hardest hurdle is doing it the 500th time. Cause there's just, <laughs> you know, sometimes you, you just don't want to get out there and do it. You just don't want to ride your bike to work. And then, you know, you sort of, figure out how else are you going to do it? And if you're a regular bike computer, once you get into that regular rhythm, it's like, well, what am I going to do now? I can take the bus, but then I have to, you know, what am I going to do after work? And what about these plans? And it's like, oh, I'm just going to go out there. And then, and you get out on your bike that morning where maybe it is raining or maybe it's windy and you, or it's cold and you just didn't want to do it. And then you're out there and you're like, oh man, I'm so glad I did this. I'm just, it worked out. Okay. I'm, I am glad I did this. Yeah, I think it becomes a lot easier once you've been doing it for a while, when it becomes the habit and the main way of, of getting to work. When uh, cycling, I'm curious, uh, we're talking about like the mental fortitude aspect of it. Um, I personally feel like there's kind of a golden window to commute length for cycling. I think that sub eight minutes doesn't give you enough time like right around sub eight minutes doesn't give you enough time on the bike to kind of actually get used to the fact that you're biking 
Um, and I'd say like 25 minutes, right when it gets to like 20, 25 minutes, um, that feels like you're like, oh, yep, I'm out here. <laughs> it's just like what I'm doing. Uh, but there's this wonderful place between like eight and 20 minutes where like your brain like your sleeping brain is like fully realizing that you're out in the world and you're moving your body and you're feeling the elements with you. Um, it just puts you in like a good mood. And the reason I thought about this is um, there's a potential that my office is moving and it's actually moving closer to where I live and everybody's like, oh, that's so great. And I'm like, oh, I actually don't know if I want that because <laughs> I think that puts me sub eight minutes. And this sounds like the stupidest thing in the world to say, but I think I'm going to have to ride like a different route so that I'm still in that zone before I get there because that's just where my that's where my processing is. I don't know if either of you have experienced that effect. Yeah, no, it's definitely the case that if something is really close, it almost doesn't seem worth the hassle to ride my if I can walk almost as quickly as I could get there on my bike, you know, then by the time I lock up my bike and have all the extra gear, sometimes it's easier to just to just walk. So I, I agree that there's a, a good amount there's a good length, I think. And, and it may be different for different people. Yeah. But, but, you know, if something's only a few blocks away, I'm not going to ride my bike unless I need to have my bike there for right after work. I'm probably just going to walk then. That's when you get um, the unicycle out. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, Wait, or maybe the roller skates. Far? You ride twice as far on a unicycle because there's only one wheel. Yeah, that's how, that's how it works. <laughs> So I think speaking of unicycles, I think we briefly wanted to talk about gear, um, not to go all in. I think, uh, the, the gear that you really just need to get started is your bike and maybe a helmet, depending on laws and your attitudes about helmet. And, uh, I, I'm of the opinion that whatever bike you have is the best one to start bike commuting on. I think, uh, it's a mis I think it can be a mistake to buy too much stuff, right? At first, if you don't have a bike at all, it's okay to get one, but I wouldn't spend a ton of money right at first. Cause I think after you bike commute for a while, you figure out a lot more about what you need. You may need some headlights, um, especially at first. And then you need some way to carry your stuff, whether that is a bike messenger bag or a backpack that can be really uncomfortable. Doug Cohen Miller said, um, I like to keep my bags off my body. So a rack and pannier are great. No backpack. Um, I think that can be a really good kind of first gear purchase, you know, making sure it's getting fenders. If you live someplace where it's rainy and then getting, um, pannier and a rack to carry your stuff, your computer, whatever it is. But generally speaking, especially if it's not rainy, you don't need a ton of stuff to get going. And you definitely don't need like any specific kind of bike to start bike commuting. You can bike commute on just about any kind of bike, especially when you're first getting going. Do you all have any short thoughts on gear? Yeah, I wouldn't even buy. I would only like I, yeah like I, I don't know we had our helmet episode but like I, I wouldn't even buy anything like listen it like if you listen to this episode and you're not a bike commuter and you're thinking about getting into it and for some reason this has inspired you to give it a shot don't get anything like just just see how it goes uh give yourself enough time what I would get the gear I would give myself was is time I would leave earlier so that <laughs> you know I could I could have a plan b or a plan c if needed um there's no shame in like 
you know, taking public transit as a like quick uh, diversion or like calling a ride service or like getting bailed out by a friend, like whatever, whatever. Or, or, yeah, there's also no shame in learning how to fix a tire, but like that's a whole nother can of worms. Um, so don't let the tire thing and like the flat scare you. I think like time is the biggest thing you can give yourself. I don't, I, I would highly encourage people not to think about gear because I feel like for getting into it, um, it's so easy to get overwhelmed. Like if you just hop online for a second, you're going to be like, oh God, this is just confusing as hell. Um, so, you know, safety I think is important. And in the US and within Sprocket, like we have some helmetness and some non helmetness, but other than a helmet, um, you know, if you're riding in the summertime, we, we are coming into summer. I, I would highly encourage you to just ride with literally what you have and like save the heartache of trying to like see the perfect gear to put on your bike. Um, write down what you like, write down what you don't like about your current experience. And then in like a few weeks, then think about like maybe how to start to solve those problems. Yeah. When I started bike commuting, I had a, a bike with a rack and then I took like an old plastic crate and attached it to the bike rack. Um, and bike racks aren't super expensive. Um, and then that way, basically I could just carry my messenger bag basically in the milk crate on the rack instead of carrying it on my bike. So that was a little more comfortable, but I didn't get panniers for several, for many months. I got them basically, I got them when I started wanting something that was more waterproof when it was raining a lot. Um, so I was able to go quite a long time. And again, that was still because I was just carrying a lot of stuff. Um, you don't necessarily need to get going with any of that kind of stuff. Armando, any thoughts on this, on gear? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I think for myself, because I've been doing it so long, I basically went, have gone through everything. I've started with nothing, started getting all the stuff, got all the stuff, got all the gear, and have gradually realized, oh, I can do it this way differently. And then I pared down my gear or pared down my equipment and then go, go into as simple as I can, as simple what exactly do I need on this ride? And it's usually everything that I need on any other ride, you know, a way to change a flat or, you know, that um, bus pass, things like that. Um, but you figure out once you do it, once you keep doing it, you figure out what you really need and what you don't need. And, you know, I, I'm not saying I don't need work clothes, like maybe, but maybe I have those at work. So you just figure that out. And maybe you do that on the weekend. Maybe you bring all your stuff and drive into work on the weekend and leave your stuff there for the week, you know? And that way you can enjoy your bike ride without having to think about all that other stuff. I think one thing I really appreciate about bike commuting are the um, mental health benefits I have. I feel like uh, I, generally speaking, have a good experience going to and from work. And that is definitely not always the case uh, from the very short time that I was driving to work. Um, and sometimes that was a case taking the transit, but I think there are real mental health benefits and obviously physical health benefits. Uh, so I think it's definitely worth mucking through, figuring all this stuff out. Obviously we all do, because that's because we're hosts of a bike podcast. <laughs> it's, it's intimidating, but it's, it's within your grasp. Um, I mean, I might've biked a lot growing up, but I knew nothing getting into it. Uh, and it's, it's just like the stuff we you, like there's 
I think it's just that that fear that we all have of being like wrong or being like sub something, right? Like there's this ideal we have in our heads of like, oh, you know, this is a bike commuter. This isn't a bike commuter. There's that kind of like in out crowd or there's that, you know, you're right, you're wrong kind of, I guess, nature to humans in a lot of respects. Um, and the bike community is certainly no stranger to that. But I just want to encourage people to be um, like, kind to themselves and know that this is a process and that like things will happen and there's going to be really great days and there's going to be like kind of sucky days um but you know to jones what, what what i feel like joan was kind of capturing is just like it's it's one of those things that's greater than the sum of its parts and it's totally worth it um just don't be afraid to be you and if people have you know comments that they feel like they need to give you unsolicited uh take them with a huge grain of salt because if it's working for you it's working and really that's that's the that's the bottom line it's fun it's fun to ride your bike to work mm-hmm. i uh i think this is a a nice place to leave it the sprocket podcast is produced in portland oregon if you enjoyed this show please leave us a review and tell your friends about us our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text 503-847-9774. Twitter and Instagram at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurtbird for our headlines sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to the generous support of our Patreon supporters and listeners. Shadowfoot, Wayne Norman. Cameron Lee, Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish, Eric Weiss, Doug Cohen-Miller, Chris Smith, Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley, Peter Butter, Jarmat, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Drew the Welder, Anna, Andre Johnson, Richard G. Guthrie Straw, Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of The Regrainery. Campsite, Mac Nurse David, Jeremy Kitchen, that's my dog playing with a squeaky toy to let us know it's time to wrap up, by the way. David Belay, Tim Coleman, Harry Hugel. EJ Finnerin, thanks for the movie night this week. Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skato. Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson. Ryan Tam, Jason Oftenberg, David Moore, Todd Grossbeck. Chris Barron, Chris Barron, and Chris Barron. Chris Barron. Sean Baird, Simon Pace, Gregory Braithley. Dude Luna. That's me. Emma Rooks. Philip M. Spartan Dale. Mr. T, who never really left. Bike Initiative Kiwana. Sarah G. Adam D. Go dig a hole. Beth Hammond. Greg Murphy. Myra Martinez. Oso. Isaac M. Byron Patterson. Kirsten Graham. Aaron, Aaron G. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Aaron G. <laughs> Rachel Moline. Jimmy Diesel. And our newest sponsor, Christopher Barnett. Thank you, Christopher. And thanks also to all of our former supporters who helped us along the way. Now brush your teeth. And go to bed. Bye.